It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Oh, that's so that nice. applause is for me. We like that. Yeah, yes. that's all for me for getting through surviving breakup hell. Well, uh, yeah, you're surviving breakup hell, and you're surviving uh, menopause treatment hell this week, aren't you? Uh, you know what? One hell at a time, please. <laughs> okay, let's just. <laughs> no, we, look, this is something we both go through. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't watch out, guess what? You're going to mm-hmm. have another uh, breakup hell. Oh. Watch out. Okay. okay so uh, we're going to talk about um, that, which is which is called breakup hell. Everybody knows it. You've all been there. Don't lie. Some of us more yeah. times than others. Some of us worse than others and um, I think that this is a timely subject because we for the first many weeks of our show we've been talking about love 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 how to find it how to keep it Uh, what happens when you lose it though yeah what happens when you lose it well if you don't use it you lose it so you want to really know what happens when you lose it Okay. It feels a lot like menopause. You sweat. <laughs> you're in a shit mood. Yeah. Uh, you're a bitch. You cry. Um, I don't know. And then there's all kinds of other things. You've been you've been losing it a lot lately, haven't you? <laughs> uh, you know, it's your. But it, some people, it's worse than others. For me, my breakup hell was very private. It was really my private hell. Mm. Unlike menopause, which I'm making your hell. It's a public hell. Yes. Um, so today we are going to bring on some uh, specialists, some breakup specialists, because I think that uh, everybody has their own coping coping mechanisms and methods for healing, and I think that some a lot of people would like to know more and have better tools and better skills. I know I have a ton. I have a bag of them. Uh, and so we're going to bring on a couple guests that really know what they're talking about and can help if you're suffering. Well, this should be uh, very interesting because uh, I, I've had a couple of uh, breakups that were less than uh, satisfying. Uh, well, I mean, are and, they ever satisfying? Well, yes. I think the ones that you are in control of are more satisfying than the ones you are not in control of. Well, what happened to you when you – have you ever been broken up? I with? have been, Yes. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, the one that sticks out was, you know, many years ago, and uh, it, it, it was probably of my own doing, uh, but uh, when it happened, uh, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and I went out and uh, played tennis with my father, and that was like uh, my therapy at that moment, and he was trying to teach me something on a grip or something. I said, Dad, please, no, no lessons today. Just hit the ball to me and hit it hard because I'm going to hit it hard back to you. And uh, he eventually got that. And that <laughs> so, was it? Well, that, was, that I just that remember your... that being a moment of uh, my uh, dealing with it in, in that way. Um, but, you know, there haven't been that many that others that I remember that were really terrible for me. Oh, my God. You're so lucky. Rejection. I mean, geez. No? Not even like a little... 
uh, you know, pity party? Did you yeah. take to your bed? Did you? No, did no, you, no. Nothing? No, I did, I did not. Holy shit. Lucky? Yeah, well. Okay, well, then I've had enough for the both of us. And by the way, I don't want another one. No more break a pal. That's it. Done. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I, but I, I will say that I, I do have, I know what it takes to get through it. I guess that's the, you know, the sad, the sad part is that, you know, I, I have, I know what it takes and I've done it a million times and I know how to heal my heart and that's good, I guess. And the, the, the bottom line of it all is that, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. It is really true. It is really true because I think with each breakup, you, you, you get better. You just do. It can't, you, it. You can't Practice help you. Perfect. It kind of does, you know. You can't. It's you get stronger. You get um, smarter. Uh, you gain more clarity. Um, your heart gets bigger. You just get a little more discerning. It can't be bad, you know. So I'm. Um, I hate breakups, but they're sort of not. They're not bad for you, in re- within within reason. Would you say that, Lovey? Well, what, yes. who am I asking? The guy who's never well, had a, a tough not, breakup. Uh, you know, the guys, I think, are a little different. I think guys have a uh, a a reaction to a breakup where it may just be the animal instinct in them to go out and get laid, find somebody quickly, and, you know, that's a Band-Aid solution. And that's I don't a, think that that doesn't work, but, you know, it feels good for the moment. And I think women may do something similar in a rebound way. <clears throat> but that doesn't, excuse me, that doesn't um, work either, probably. Oh, it does not work. So, that is not one of my tips. No, mine neither. But I think that it is true for, I think, men just kind of feel like, all right, well, there's others out there. I'll go find somebody else. And uh, you know, everybody handles it differently. I've known some guys who were completely crushed. Uh, like, you know, crushed. Just. I'm sure you crushed a few. Uh, Probably. Oh, I should mention everybody. Okay. I think I, I dumped, I got dumped as much as I dumped. So before you pull out your little violin and start feeling sorry for me, uh, I did have uh, my fair share of, of being on the other end of it, which also doesn't, it doesn't feel good either. It's like firing someone. It hurts. You yes. know, you don't, you hate to see people um, in pain. You hate to hurt people. So, uh, but again, necessary, it's uh, necessary uh, work if you want to be in the dating game. Okay, so do you, do you have any experiences you want to share in our couple minutes left before our first break that uh, were especially painful or helpful in getting over this? Um, I would say the more the more breakups you have, like I said, it it is it definitely strengthens you. You do get a thicker skin, and you do get a little more uh, hip. Like you, I just got hip to it. I I knew after the two thousandth and forty seventh breakup. Okay, here's what I'm doing wrong. Here's what I need to do better. Here's what is not my problem. And I would say to anybody listening that your first instinct is going to take everything personally, as I as I did. And a lot of the times, and in fact, most of the times, uh, it is a chance, it's an opportunity for you to self-reflect. 
It's an opportunity for you to own your part, to look at what your behavior and actions were, but it's also a time for you to set boundaries in terms of not taking on, not taking it on and, and taking on the blame. So I think that is important because uh, a lot of people do tend to take things, uh, rejection personally. And, and it's not, that's not a healthy response. Because I, I learned at the end of the day that if someone didn't want to be with me, uh, then they're not my guy. So, especially towards the end, right before I met you, especially with the last relationship, right before mm-hmm. you, Robbie, um, I, I really, when that one ended, I thought, okay, this is just, I, I am pretty fantastic, and if this person doesn't want to be with me, it's probably not my fault. So, I had gotten to a point, a level of, I guess self self worth had improved vastly over my single life to the point where I could then kind of uh, when faced with a breakup or faced with a disappointment, not take it so personally, not let it devastate me because I knew that at this point by my late forties, um, I had sort of perfected I must say perfect, but I had perfected. Um, I don't like that word. No, 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 no. I mean, I I got to a place where I felt good enough about myself that I knew that it wasn't me. Does that make sense? Okay. And then when did you realize it was you? Uh, I don't, I, you know, when it was my, what my part in it was probably having to, my expectations were not, uh, not good, not, not, not good. They were, uh, unreasonable expectations. So I think most of the time it, it was, it had to do if, if, and when things were breaking up, it had to do with me not being ready or the guy not being ready for something more serious. I don't think there was any giant gaping problems or flaws about me or the person. I just think it was, you know, a, a just a typical situation where, no, not ready. I'm not ready for this. Or he wasn't ready. Which is, which can happen. You know, it's when you get together with someone, it is seriously, as I'm finding out, the planets have to align. Okay, so uh, today is going to prepare us for how we can deal with uh, a breakup. And uh, or how we can better deal with uh, being together so breakups don't happen. But yes. I guess surviving breakup hell is the name of the show. So we are going to go over some tips and we have some guests that we'll be bringing on after the first break. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, there, I think that's a whole other show, uh, preventing breakup hell. That That's definitely something we should address. Okay. So but for today's purposes, we're going to... We're gonna break it down. We're gonna uh, break. We're gonna break down the breakups. I I wish I had a little bit more uh, yeah, you're to not, offer. You're really I, well, just, you know, I I'm trying to feel as though I I hope I was not the cause of some breakup hell for, for women in my past because uh, there were probably times when you know. 
I was involved with somebody and for me it's always been I would never know there was an issue until the issue arrived and then when it was there I realized okay is this a deal breaker is this something I need to get out of I, I what am I doing here uh, and if it was then I would make a plan to get out of that and at that point it it might have caused some you know, a hurt I in others. I am sure you've broken your share of hearts oh, in your life. I probably have. But, but you're a nice guy, and I'm sure you did it nicely, as nicely as you could do it. I don't think there's a, I don't know if there is a way to, to do it nicely. I, yes, I mean, there, there is. probably is. What do you think know. the song, Killing Me Soft, oh no, that's the wrong, you killed them softly. <laughs> you killed them. My song. But you killed uh, them softly. It's possible. Uh, okay. Uh <laughs> Is there ever a good way to do it? No. Well, you know, this is, we've uh, encountered people that get broken up with via text and other things in today's technology. So uh, to me, that's not a good way. I mean, or on the phone, these things, that doesn't really make somebody feel better. No, it doesn't. But you and have cowardly. to. Oh, no, there's there's definitely, it's never easy, but there are better ways than others to to drop the bomb to lower the boom, uh, it's and you know it takes balls to break up with someone in a nice way. You can't, oh. mm-hmm. you know. I, it, you just, it's just, you know. I have perfected it. Okay. It's become an art form, both on the the uh, receiving the the administering and the receiving end of it. Yeah. But like I said, I'm out of the I'm out of the breakup business. Yes. So am I. Okay. High five. Oh yeah. Good job. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. Okay, check back in in a few years, people. Remember this episode? Or a few weeks. <laughs> or a few weeks. Uh, so <laughs> we, are gonna go, we are going to a break now, and then we are going to come on uh, with our, our, who's our first guest today? Dr. Fran Walfish. Okay, so we'll be right back after a few messages with Dr. Fran Walfish. Now, back to done being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. And we're going to bring on um, the, the the heavy hitter of uh, breakups and love and relationships, Dr. Fran Walfish. Dr. Fran is a leading child, couples, family, relationship, and sex psychotherapist and author in Beverly Hills, California. In addition to her full practice, private practice, she was on clinical staff in the de- in the department. I'm I'm so excited to have her on. I can't even. <laughs> I guess <know. laughs> she was. On the clinical staff in the Department of Psychiatry at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center for 15 years and is a regular on-camera expert contributor to pretty pretty much every major network, newspaper, magazine, and website you've ever heard of. Too many to list, but trust me, she is big time. Dr. Fran Walfish, welcome! Thank you so much, Trevor and Robbie. I'm delighted to be with you. Great to have you. Thank you so so much. much. Okay. As you've probably heard in our first segment, uh, we have uh, varying uh, degrees of uh, breakup experience. Uh, I certainly uh, do. Uh, I heard you, and I I bring my own share, and I of breakup experience, and I and hell, and I think you know each one of you have um, really lovely varying and different experiences, I have yet another different kind of experience. And I think 
you know, the question, question can be asked, why does each individual have a different experience with a breakup, and what are the common threads? Where are the common denominators? Well, first, let me take the quick, why are we different? I think the, the answer lies in temperament. You know, I'll take myself as an example. I am an exquisitely sensitive person. I give my heart discriminately and very rarely, but when I give it, it's fully and completely. So I'm vulnerable in a relationship, meaning I can really, really get hurt. And when there's a breakup, you know, it's pretty bad. 911. And that's not true of every person. Some people, you know, are not as deeply involved in a relationship as I get. So the price they pay when it ends is not as great. Um, the other reason that people vary in their experience of breakup hell depends on their relationships with their first primary givers, usually mother and father. How deeply were we attached with that parent? Was it a secure attachment or, for instance, did the mom give um, inconsistent responses to you as an infant, meaning did she sometimes look away? Did she sometimes guess inaccurately when you cried and shove a bottle in your mouth instead of holding you with comfort? So when we are in pain, crying in pain, the metaphor is during a breakup we cry in pain, um, how accurately our needs are met uh, is going to tell how we deal with the pain of loss or a breakup. And then the question is, where are the common denominators? What are the issues or bullet points where all humans living, breathing with blood, muscle, and guts all have in common when they experience the loss of a meaningful relationship. Well, guess what? Everyone feels disappointed. Everyone feels a mixture of sadness and anger, and that's how I define disappointment. And I find it interesting, Robbie, that you described what I would say is a very healthy reaction when you got over or were dealing with the loss of a, a relationship, you went out and, and hit tennis balls, I think you said, with your father. Mm -hmm. That's a very healthy way to expel angry and aggressive impulses. And everybody has normal angry and aggressive impulses, and they get activated when we're hurt. Uh, that's uh, heavy stuff. Uh, and I think that I was fortunate probably to have that outlet of hitting tennis balls and somebody that may not have that outlet may manifest itself in some other form of expression, which could be I hit negative. My pillow. <laughs> you know what? Let me say hitting your pillow is another <laughs> healthy, expel healthy. 
a way to expel healthy aggression. But I think where you were going, Robbie, is where are the unhealthy ways? Yes. Well, one way is some people overeat. Some people turn to other substances like drugs, alcohol, um, sex. You were talking about quickly jumping in to another relationship before dealing with the mourning Mm -hmm. and grieving process. A lot of people do that, and they stay emotionally stuck in history. They can't figure out why they continue to choose the same person in a different costume, the same kind of personality that looks different on the outside, but is a repetition of bad old patterns. Dr. Um, Trevor, you said something that I thought was extremely wise and the voice of experience. It's really helpful to develop a thick skin and it adds to a person's self-worth. And the only way to do that, unfortunately, is to go through the fire and experience the disappointment one after the next. The more you go through a relationship one after the next and learn what is your best fit in a person, the tighter your muscle development is in dealing with those um, letdowns, those disappointments, those hurts, sadnesses, anger, and frustration tolerance. Okay, I... uh, I just had one comment about what she was saying about, uh, you know, on a rebound situation, you mentioned uh, going after a similar person. I think uh, after having been broken up with, I think it's probably not uncommon to just want to get some type of ego gratification and be with someone that can feed your ego so you feel as if that part uh, may not have been the reason as to why uh, you're no longer a couple with that last person. But I think that it's empty in the long run. That that does not, that's not very fulfilling. Uh, that is true. And the the need that you described and the reason for it is true. It, it happens to be more true for males than females, although it is true for many females as well. But it's, like you said, a way of not dealing directly with the pain. Just the same way gambling, food, drugs, alcohol are a way of not dealing directly with the unpleasant feelings and masking, comforting oneself temporarily with a substance. Do I, do I have time for a, yes, you do. a deep probing question? Uh, <clears throat> um, okay. Yes. So, so back up a little bit, Dr. Fran, because I'm, I'm really fascinated with um, family of origin. And no one's family is perfect, although sounding like Robbie's was. No. So, um, um, so let's say you don't say your family's a little on the dysfunctional side, and you grew up with whatever programming and uh, role models that you were given, and they weren't great. And so, as a result, somehow you've been um, seeking and perpetuating familiar things and dynamics and. And that's why your breakups are so hard. How can you 
what do you tell your your patients, your clients who come to you with a whole bag of, of family dysfunction? And how do you say you can get over this? You don't have to be a legacy. In two minutes or less. That is two minutes. <laughs> that is nope. such a really, really excellent question. So, number one, the the first important ingredient is to raise the, the individual's self-awareness. And the best way to do that is ideally in therapy. And the reason is because when you hear yourself articulate your thoughts and feelings introspectively out loud to another person, not just thinking it, but out loud to another person, it raises it and brings it forth to your consciousness. That means your awareness. Once you say it out loud, it becomes real. It's no longer looming in the background of your mind, so it's a reality. And you're forced to have the option to face it or deny it by choice. And as an adult, you have the choice or option to revisit and reevaluate those childhood relationships and experiences from a more mature perspective. And you can now become the good mother and good father you maybe didn't have to yourself and say to yourself, for example, you were an innocent child who didn't deserve mishandling. You deserve to be treated better. Next time around, I'm going to pick a guy who maybe isn't as good-looking or doesn't have as well-stocked a bank account or fancy car, but I'm going to pick a guy who really treats me respectfully and with kindness the way I deserve. Okay, well, we have a break coming up right now. Thank you for that, Dr. Fry. That's so true. You- I'm going to just say I'm going to say one word, or rather two, self-soothing. It's mm-hmm. really yeah. an important skill to develop if you don't, if you haven't already. And with that said, we are going to a, our second break, and uh, we will be back with Dr. Fran and uh, another guest. All right. Let's do it. See you on the other side. And now, back to Dunn being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. All right, so so I need to segue off the last question I asked and um, sort of parlay from self self self-soothing to to what we need to take care of ourselves and what's within the realm of um, reasonable healing time and the things that we do to make ourselves feel better. And Robbie was urging me to be a little bit more forthcoming with with my post breakup uh, regimen, which included, yeah, included, and I said as much in my blog post this week. I smoked a lot of pot. I drank you know, drank a lot of wine. I uh, had the occasional, you know, Ativan. Um, I curled up into a fetal position first, 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 cried my eyes out. Um, and let's, okay, so I cried my eyes out, curled up into a fetal position, uh, hid under, took to my bed. Uh, and then when I was feeling a little better, then I started drinking. 
smoking copious Are, are these your hot. tips? Or your yeah, well, this, this is the, the way I got, o- I got oh. over it. And oh so, but at a certain point, you stop because you start to feel, okay, I can deal with this. So at that point, you kind of get a hold of your senses. It's the people that continue to numb the pain, can't stop. And um, those, what do you say to those people that come to you and say, I can't stop doing X, Y, and Z, Dr. Fran. I'm in such pain. I'm in my, I have a hole in my heart. I'm going, I want to die. This is what's only the, this is the only thing making me feel better. What do you say to them? Well, number one, let me say to you, there is no clear prescription or pathway to follow for grieving and mourning. And the length of time that it takes each person to get over a death or the loss of a relationship is different for each person. So there's no specific number or time frame that anyone can follow, and that's hard for people. That's point number one. Number two, in your first segment, I talked about the disappointment, sadness, and anger. But what I didn't talk about, and you are alluding to it, is the loneliness and isolation. It's difficult, um, particularly if you are the dumpy. If you are the dumper, it's a heck of a lot easier to move forward. Usually those people have already been dealing with the end for a long time. But if you're the one getting dumped, oftentimes it comes as a surprise curveball. So there's a lot of loneliness and feeling of self-doubt and questioning, what did I do wrong? Where did I fail? And oftentimes people ruminate, which means they get stuck like the old record player, the needle in the groove, da-da-da-da-da-da, going over the same, what did I do wrong? And anxiety and depression and even physical symptoms like heart palpitations, sweating, chest pains, you know, even pressure in their chest can evolve. So um, the kind of things I tell people are, number one, you got to give yourself a break um, and allow yourself to be a human being. If you need to go through some isolation because it's too painful to get out, okay, take a period of time, set an end goal, whether it's four weeks, six weeks, even seven weeks, I'm going to, after work, go home and just hang out, eat pizza and watch videos, DVDs, I aged myself, and uh, just be by myself because that's what you need to do okay. As long as you're functioning in your work, you're showing up to to your job, you're not in bed and comatose. If that's the case, then you do need a referral to a psychiatrist and have a medication evaluation to make sure you're functioning in your life and your world. Then come your, let's say, end of four, five weeks where you've isolated enough the best thing to do to kick 
start you out of that depressed, lonely place is start connecting with people, whether it's over the phone and making plans to have coffee or a drink after work, lunch or dinner on the weekends, go do volunteer work and do something that's generous of self, go walk dogs or foster a lonely child, do anything that's giving of yourself because that takes you out of that wallowing in poor me and focusing on someone else's need. It takes you out of your head. Definitely takes you out Um, of your head. The other thing is, you know, there's an old saying, there are other fish in the sea. And I have to say, it's so true. The best way to get over an old love is once you've dealt with the grieving process to move forward and start getting out there and look for new relationships because that's the way to feel feminine or masculine again, the way to feel desired, lusted after again, to feel like a sexual object with a capital O or a sexual being, to feel attractive and wanted and good about yourself. So, and use humor, you know, there's nothing better than a great laugh. You can laugh at yourself for, you know, maybe you had inappropriate expectations. High expectations are the very thing that lead to deep disappointments. That's what I said um, up front. Probably the reason for most of my breakups were uh, just not not the same expectations or unreasonable or goals. Not we did not share the same goals. And I want to bring on um, divorce attorney Michelle Afont because we need to take it up a notch in terms of breakups. And that to me, divorce is like the next level pain wow. of breakups. So yeah. Michelle is a divorce attorney. She's been one for over twenty years. She's witnessed firsthand why more than fifty percent of marriages fail in the United States. After her own 25-year marriage ended, she took her vast experience in the world of breakups and heartbreak and became a love advocate. I love that. This led her to writing The Dang Factor, the quintessential guide to finding passion and changing the way you love. Michelle, welcome to Done Being Single. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, Michelle. Okay, so... um, You've been listening to the conversation, I'm assuming, and uh, this yeah. is all stuff you know and you've heard a million times. Um, when when it comes to divorce, which is uh, wow, that is like a killer. I can only, I can't imagine. Robbie and I hopefully will never be, and we never have been. Um, but how do you advise people to taking it that pain and suffering to the next level? And how do they? How do you advise them to, to mitigate it? Well, you know, I mean, once once you reach the, the point of divorce, I mean, we all have to step back and say, you know, it's called a breakup because something was broken. And that, that really is the bottom line. If, you, if you're reaching the point of divorce, something was broken in the marriage. And sometimes we have to step back and, and step outside and look in the bubble and see exactly what that was. Um, 
for me, from my from my point of view, I think it is imperative that not only my clients, but both men and women, you know, we cannot let our past define our future. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's certainly a big part of why I wrote The Dang Factor, um, just seeing my sisters. I, I really write, this, I wrote this book for women um, because I've seen my, my sisters give away literally years of their lives following a divorce or a breakup. And I found that they were just literally paralyzed, you know, as much as 10, 15, 20 years following the breakup. And I'm trying to guide them to not, to not let that loss of love paralyze them. And really to take your breakup or divorce. And it's all in the attitude. You know, if we can change the way we break up, we change the way we divorce, and we change the way we move forward by changing our attitude, you know, that, that's the plan. And if we can step back and, and look at this divorce as truly a do-over in life, which is something we rarely get an opportunity to do, we can, we can change some things about the, the prior relationship or the prior marriage. I think it's, you know, I like to call it it's productive pain. And if we can take this pain and turn it into productive pain, meaning this pain is an opportunity to rebirth yourself and start over, then, then your future is going to look pretty bright. You know, Robbie's idea of the, the tennis story was spot on. You know, he took the pain... And he disassembled and rearranged the way he did things. It, as, even though it's just a small thing such as playing tennis, it redirected his focus. And he changed something about himself. And that is absolutely crucial to do that. Um, my own breakup, and I've certainly had my fair share, um, you know, I learned to surf. And I ah, nice. became involved in fitness. And you can physically and mentally and spiritually really feel yourself evolving into this new person. And that is extremely helpful, you know, getting through the divorce and moving on. And that's, that's really is the key is how are we going to, to move on? You know, I tell women everywhere, I said, look, you know, we have to change our attitudes. You got divorced. Okay, now you're starting over. You know, let's think of your life as this giant blank white canvas. And you, my dear, get to paint your future. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because honestly, we don't have the luxury of giving away years and years and years of our lives to our ex, you know, thinking about him, dwelling on it, analyzing every aspect of what went wrong, most likely, your ex has moved on, which is typically the scenario, and we need to adjust our attitudes so that we, too, can move on. What happens in second marriages, if you're that lucky? Um, how do you stop yourself from repeating patterns? Well, I think, you, you know, you're, 
by the time you get to your second marriage, I think you can pretty much tell what was broken in your first marriage. I mean, a lot of people get married, let's face it, for the wrong reasons. And so you are going to have, we do have a 50% divorce rate. But, you know, they married young, they grew apart, they didn't have common interests, uh, they didn't share the same life goals and visions. And it's okay. You know, I mean, breakups are okay. And I think, you know, for me, actually, you know, breakups are an exciting time in one's life. And I know that sounds silly, but, but it really is. I mean, devoted couples do not break up. It is that simple. And if there is a breakup, if there is a divorce, one or both of the parties in that relationship were not devoted to the other. And that is not the kind of relationship I want you in. I mean, love has to be reciprocal. And mm-hmm. if it's not, something's broken. So, um, okay. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, go ahead. Did go you, ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I have a question um, to both you guys ladies about taking taking your ex back and what needs to happen before you do that so dr For, fran what's your feeling dr on that? fran here <clears throat> i think what needs to happen is number 1 accountability on both sides so um Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin came up with this term called conscious uncoupling. And it's, the definition is pretty much verbalizing what your part in owning up to what went wrong in the relationship was. And that's an old concept. They just gave it a new label. But it's a very important concept. So I think it's the primary ingredient where each partner has to really be self-aware, accountable, and take responsibility for what they've done, verbalize genuine apology, genuine regret, with empathy to the other person for the hurts, breaches, and any pains they have caused with their actions, words, behaviors to the other person, and a solemn promise to really work on the relationship and do their best to never repeat those breaches or hurts, whether it's infidelity Uh, by cheating with another person, whether it was breaching their partner by overspending money in secret, whatever the issue is, what needs to happen is healthy, open communication because talking is the glue that holds people together. Yeah. Michelle? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I agree with that completely. Um, I think that many people divorce too quickly in our society. I think a lot of marriages can be saved with, as Dr. Fan says, uh, proper communication. I think that's key, of course. Um, once you do decide to try to work things out, you know, it's imperative that you give your partner the chance to prove themselves. 
you know, if they are, if there was a cheat, for instance, and, and they are extremely remorseful and they're apologetic and they, you know, just feel horrible about it and whatever the circumstance was, I mean, and you want, you both, that's the key, you both want the marriage to succeed or the relationship to succeed, then it is imperative you give your partner that chance to show you. You know, actions speak louder than words, as the old saying goes, and you need to let let you know, give them the opportunity to let that happen. Okay. Uh, I I have a question, and I, I'm going to approach this from a different angle. Can you give our listeners breakup tips? What is the right way to break up with somebody so you do it in a respectful manner that the other person is not going to all of a sudden go bonkers on you? I mean, who can? Pre- yeah. presume what yeah. may happen, but uh, I'm just saying that is there something that maybe uh, we all could take away from uh, learning about uh, how is the best way to approach a breakup if we are the dumper? I have okay. uh, one concrete suggestion. It's Dr. Fran here, and that is that the person who's doing the breakup should be sensitive, delicate, and straightforward. I cannot tell you how many people I have heard of that just disappear. They mm-hmm. don't say we're done. Mm-hmm. They avoid the yeah. inevitable because they cannot bear facing their beloved's rage. You know how you said you don't want your person to go bonkers on you. Well, number one, if you were with a crazy person, (laughs) you've got a problem. But most people are going to be hurt, which leads to anger, which leads to rage. That's true of toddlers also. And the worst comes out in a person when they're rejected. So... Whoever the dumper is, you need to bolster yourself and get ready to tolerate being the target of your person's anger. And I think it's much better to be honest, straightforward, like you said. Don't do it in a text or a phone call. Do it face-to-face. And you can highlight the good that was there and just say gentle phrases like, but it's not feeling right to me, I'm not prepared to proceed forward. Those are gentle phrases that don't say, you messed up, it's your fault. They're just, it isn't the right fit, and I don't feel right about continuing and moving to the next level. Good advice. Um, okay, so Michelle, same question, just a little little different. How, what, in your experience, what is the worst mistake women make when initiating or uh, yeah, initiating divorce? Uh, well, you know, I mean, like I said, once they get to the stage of divorce, they've pretty much, most couples have pretty much been through the ringer. I mean, that's, that's a pretty drastic step to divorce. And they have, you know, they pretty much have tried everything. I mean, I guess the thing I see most years later after a woman has come to me and divorced uh, her husband was not giving it a chance. Um, 
really sitting down and giving a chance. I mean, a, a, you know, they. I'll, I'll use cheating as an example because that is obviously a common uh, reason for divorce. And instinctively, we tend to say, you know, he cheated on me, I'm done. It's over. And they run and get an attorney. And oftentimes, you know, that's, that's moving a little quickly. I mean, I, sometimes you just need to. I think that is a common mistake that women make. It's like, look. How do you feel about him? I and mean, I have several questions in the book that they, I ask women to ask themselves before they, you know, move so quickly. You know, it's like, do, how do you feel about him? I know at this moment you're, you can't stand him, but, other, you know, let's, let's, let's look forward here. How, how do you feel about him? And do you still want to be touched by him? How does, you know, what, what is your dang level with him? And, you know, I mean, the, the common consensus has been, you know what, I moved too quickly. We sh- I should have worked through that cheating factor. And, you know, I find that a lot of women tend to listen to other people, you know, in situations like that, their friends, their girlfriends, their parents, their, you know, whoever they tell about this cheating event, um, oh, you've got to leave him. He- he's no good. You've got to divorce him. And they do. And I-, I find that many women end up regretting that later on. Actually, I find out a lot. Yeah. This conversation could go on and on, and I wish it would, because there's so much to unload and unpack and and so so much good stuff. And you two have been fantastic, Dr. Fran and Michelle. Um, Where can people find... Well, yes, where can people find you? Let's start there. Dr. Fran? I am on Twitter at Fran Wallfish, and my website is... Dr. Fran Wallfish.com. It's spelled D R F R A N W A L F I S H.com. Okay, Michelle? And uh, my website is The Dang Factor, D A N G Factor.com. And I am on Instagram at Michelle Afont, A F O N T. Okay, very good. Uh, we are going to. Excellent. I'm going to say ta-ta for now um, until next week. And I made a little mistake last week. I thought I made, I confused the episodes. Next week's episode, next, not today. We got so much email about that too. It was just terrible. Um, Is uh, called TMI, How Much Honesty is Too Much. Oh, boy. So make sure you tune in for that. And I just want to thank Dr. Fran and Michelle Lafont. You two are awesome. Thank you so much. You had so much to offer and contribute. Um, damn. My damn. I wish I had Thank I wish we had you. more time. Okay. Our we pleasure. Are Thanks, we are done everybody. being single. Uh, hopefully everybody else is too. And thank you so much for joining us and staying with us. And let's keep going because this is great. This is all really good stuff. And thank you. Thank love you. Honey. Thank you, baby. Love you, baby. I love you so much. Love you too. <laughs> See you next week on Done Being Single. 